for those of you who haven't heard my name said five times, um, I'm Amy. <laughs> um, so, have you ever been driving along a road and come across a sign that says, road closed, detour? Did you obey that sign or did you continue along thinking maybe, just maybe, you would be able to pass? Perhaps this was recently you along Mitcham Road. <laughs> I know for a fact there are some people in here it was. Um, Mitcham Road was closed and there was heaps and heaps of signs saying road closed, follow detour, road closed, follow detour. Whitehorse Road, Canterbury Road and Mitcham Road. Um, even the straight lanes in both directions coming into the road were blocked. Yet, there were still people who ignored every single one of these signs and made it to that blockage. Like, oops, gotta turn around. Um, yeah, if they weren't warned five times, I'm not sure what they were doing. <laughs> um, yeah, they saw the signs, but they did not obey and change their directions. In Hebrew and Greek, the word shema and akul means to listen. The Jewish community has a prayer based off Deuteronomy 6, 4-9, which calls for them not only to listen to God's commandments, but also to obey and follow them. For listening without obeying is pointless. Applying this is often the far harder option. It takes effort, time, humility, love, and patience. Has God ever told you something and you've ignored it? perhaps even gone in the opposite direction. I certainly have. I wanted to run in the complete opposite direction, especially when I blamed God or other people for what happened. Looking back at those times now, I knew that was not where God was leading me, and I was not doing what he wanted me to do. This is also exactly what Jonah did. He was disobedient to what God told him to do, running in the opposite direction, and knowing full well he was in the wrong. He ignored all the signs God gave him to turn around. After being cast into the swirly, stormy water, reaching towards the bars of Hal or Sheol, God, in his mercy, rescued Jonah with a big fish, bringing him back after he repented. Sometimes God works in much the same way, we ignore all the signs and rebukes and get ourselves into a little bit of a mess. Maybe not a swirly, stormy sea mess, but something that internally might feel similar. Heaps of emotions, no clue how you got here. Annoyance at self, everyone, and everything around you. Now, Jonah knew God's voice. He heard the direction that God gave him and eventually obeyed God's command. This is the same for us. When you decide to follow Christ and truly know him for the person who laid down his life for our sins and everything you've done wrong against him and pursue a relationship with him, you know his voice. In John 27, ah, yes, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. God speaks all the time. Once you know what his voice sounds like in the million other thoughts, imagine each thought as a person in a big crowded room. 
You lose a good friend. Your friend yells your name. You know what their voice sounds like. Now, imagine instead of this being a good friend, this is someone you just met. They yell your name. It is so much harder to know who they are and what their voice sounds like amongst the noise. This also applies to knowing God, God's voice. As you get to know him and draw near to God, he will draw near to you. You may not immediately know, but it is something you will learn over time. It takes practice to learn. Sometimes you might get it wrong. Other times you'll know for sure that it was God. Be alert and attentive to God's voice. Now, a relationship with God is two-way. Think of a busy side street with cars parked on both sides. There is not enough room for people to pass two-way. So each car lets another go beforehand. One side does not go and keep going. It is an alternation between the two, a give and take. Each side gets a turn. Similarly, with a relationship, you both get to say some. (laughs) You listen and get to know the other a bit too. You cannot talk the whole time, not listening to anything the other has to say and expect something from the other. But you also cannot say nothing and expect something from the other. This is exactly what a relationship with God is like. It's a give and take. He wants us to know him and listen to him. And we want his support. We pray to let him know what we want and need. The Bible is how we get to know God, his character, what he's like, who he is. There's all sorts of stories about his helped, encouraged, and transformed those who know him. As we get to know him better, by reading his word, the Bible, we also get transformed into more Christ-like people. We become less proud, more humble, less mean, more more kind, less selfish, more generous, to name a few. When it comes to my relationship with the Lord, something I've been learning is how to give my time with God to God. Now, what does this mean? Time with God is already given to God, right? It's time with him already. For me, it was realizing there are two ways I can approach my time with God. Now, I'm a very logical person and love a good checklist with ticks next to everything. It's easy to approach personal time with God in a similar way. Pray, read a passage, answer some questions, and tick the box. Good. Done. I was controlling my Bible time and not at all open to a detour as it was a box to tick, something I just did. This is not to say that I was not grown and challenged in my faith, because I certainly was. But I wasn't open to letting God guide and guide my time reading his word. The way I spend my personal time now starts with prayer, inviting the Holy Spirit to correct, teach, train, and convict. After reading the passage, there's a specific, sometimes there's a specific part that immediately stands out and the meaning is stuck in my head. Sometimes it's a couple of words that I don't quite understand or have come to understand and I learn something new about them. 
This is what time with God looks like for me. What does your time with God look like? How do you spend time with God on the day-to-day? My encouragement would be to let God's living and active word play an important role in drawing near to him. Let his word speak to you. Let it teach and train and correct. Let the passage it reminds us of go and read it. Pray about what God wants to teach us through it. One of the moments God taught me while reading his word was at a devotion at Christian Union. We were looking at getting to, know, getting to the heart of sharing the gospel and briefly looked at John 13, 34 to 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as he has loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. These verses articulate how we are first to love our Christian community. The Greek word for love, agape, used here is always used to describe God's unconditional and sacrificial love for us. So, we are commanded to unconditionally and sacrificially love our Christian community in the same way that Jesus unconditionally and sacrificially loved us by laying down his life on the cross for our sins. In this moment, the difference between an inward and outward look at my Christian community stuck. How? I am called to unconditionally love and serve those who also know Christ. This led to me looking for ways to welcome, to serve, to help or connect with others. Not measuring the greatness of my community by how others can serve me, and only doing or saying something because of what I got out of it. Now, think of your favorite sports person, actor, or artist. How amazing are they at their craft? The actor who puts on the perfect British accent or pulls at your heartstrings so well, who shows emotion so well it pulls at your heartstrings. Or the footballer who gets a free down their goal end and the ball just flies through. An example for you. How perfect is that one? (laughs) Worst angle, they still got it through. Or the painter who can paint a person so perfectly it very much looks realistic. It looks so effortless and simple to do. Even gets you thinking, maybe, just maybe, you could do it also. But this is especially the case when you see them stuff up. Maybe I could do it too, I could do it better. I could kick that ball through that goal. Go, have a go. It's really not that simple to do. Now, think of a master swordsman. How they can perfectly swing the blade so that it makes a perfect cut. A samurai will spend years in training to be able to weld a sword well. Their swordsmanship can be excellent, but if their cut has any curve, It means they've cut the bamboo with an imbalance to the left or right hands. A sword can only be as quick, as sharp, and as skilled as the one who holds it. The word of God is living and powerful, sharper than a double-edged sword. 
The word is not only as sharp as, but sharper than a double-edged sword. The word of God is far more powerful when God is the handler. In our lives, there's a constant, constant struggle between the want and will to follow Christ and lay down our sinful flesh. The Holy Spirit, via the word of God, is able to cut through joints and marrow, soul and spirit. He is able to untangle the intertwined desires of light and darkness, righteousness through Christ and sin, untangling our confusion so that we can discern what is of God and what is not in our lives. He is all-powerful, far more than flesh. The Holy Spirit is able to speak to people now, but also spoke to people in the Old and New Testament. Audibly, through his creation, through dreams, visions, and thoughts, in current circumstances or events, are the people they encountered in the scriptures. A time I encountered the Holy Spirit was at Winter Blue Moose last year, which led to me coming home feeling super convicted to spend more time sitting in the presence of the Holy Spirit regularly, with no distractions and listening to be open to hearing God speak in different ways. So I went on to do this. It was hard not to be distracted. I could easily catch up with friends, watch a movie or scroll, Facebook, TikTok, Insta, all the scrolling things. But I intentionally found myself a quiet place with little distractions to spend regular time listening to God. I began to know and understand God's voice, resulting in being attentive to it in the day-to-day, which is how I've come to be going to do YWAM's discipleship training school in September, deferring my uni degree and seeking God on what he wanted me to do this year. In spending regular time listening to God, I've experienced God speak in different ways, One of them being when I was trying to decide which YWAM location to go to. They have bases all over the world, and it was a little bit overwhelming. Sitting down in prayer one time, the words Genesis 29.1 came to mind. This verse is speaking about the journey Jacob took from Beersheba to Haran. At first, I had no clue what God was trying to tell me through this verse. So I prayed about it some more and got the idea to map Jacob's journey. He traveled a total of 1,075 kilometers on modern day roads. Maybe this has something to do with the journey I will take. So I searched for YWAM locations on the east coast of Australia and mapped each one of them to my house. The place I would be going, Tali, was one kilometer different from Jacob's journey. And to top it all off, the focus of it is exactly the one I would choose for myself given the chance. God knows me so well that he had already chosen this location for me. So this is what it looks like for me to spend time drawing near to God, to listen and to obey where he is leading me. 
What might it look like for you to get to know God, to draw close to him? Could this be setting aside a purposeful 30 minutes a day to read his word? Maybe it's finding a quiet place like I did. What would your ideal place look like? Maybe it's on a couch in the sun or going on a drive to a park. At least those are my places that I choose. (laughs) So God speaks to us today. The way he does this is through the gift we have in the Holy Spirit given to us so that we can better know him. How do you invite the Holy Spirit to speak into your life? Each of us who knows Christ can hear his voice, but are you obedient to what he says? Do you obey what he tells you to do? When you feel prompted, do you follow the lead and go up to the homeless person and have a conversation with them? Perhaps you pray for them. Has the Holy Spirit placed someone on your heart who you haven't spoken to in a while? Maybe you should reach out to them. Is there something you could change or add into your day-to-day to get to know God better? Not just to listen and know him, but to also follow the Holy Spirit's promptings when, and obey when he speaks. In John 10, 14 to 15, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Here, Jesus is proclaiming that he knows us in the same way that he and the Father knows each other. So, Jesus knows you better than anyone else does. And so, will speak to each of you in the perfect way, fully knowing how you think and how you interpret the things around you. God is creative expects the unexpected. To close, I'm going to pray. Lord, we thank you for the gift we have in the Holy Spirit, that we can have him in our everyday lives because you sacrificed Jesus on the cross for us. Help us to seek you better, to get to know you better, to draw close to you, that we would hear and obey what you have to say to us. In your name, amen.